This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. And look down upon us and breathe down your blessing, O God. Let your word prosper this afternoon. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, our test is taken from, not much of a test, but let me just read a short story to you, and I will draw a particular lesson from there, which will lead us to the message for today. John chapter 18, and I read verses 3 to verse 12. John 18, verses 3 to verse 12. It says, and then <clears throat> Judas having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, he drew, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he, Jesus, asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. Therefore, if you seek me, let this go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled, which is spoke of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right hair. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Then the detachment of troops and the captains and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. We shall be continuing with our series on developing a winning response in times of crisis. What we've noticed is that human natural response are largely predictable and similar. Um, we are all somehow in our natural way, we respond in particular ways when we face threatening situations. And usually our what makes that happen is that there is what we call land responses. Land responses are those socially acceptable responses that we have um, in situations. Uh, for instance, um, over time we've all known that we, uh, if somebody probably swears at us, we don't just move back and start punching them. 
Uh, it's a learned response that you need to keep calm. At best, you can do a lot of things. So I'm giving them an eye to walk in a way to, God forbid, also, you know, saying bad things to them. But those are all learned responses. And when a person is under pressure, the land response, which are the socially acceptable ones, they don't usually come out like that. Um, because the way we are wired is that the land responses, um, they are due to inhibition of a particular part of our brain that will have reacted violently. So something within you, in your brain tells you, don't do that, don't do that. And so we suddenly fall in line based on what you know, we have learned through life. So you say, how come our test today? It was the reaction of Apostle Peter, a wonderful man of God, that drew my attention. And looking in what you probably would have reacted the same because that's a natural response in the face of danger. And um, his life lent, you know, gave us many opportunities to learn how to respond in life, you know, how not to do it. You know, he was a wonderful man, very expressive. And if you are a student of the Bible, you, you, can, you will always find something in the life of Peter that you can relate to. You always find something in his life that will tell you uh, where you are. So this is a form of introduction to get us prepared um, for the short message that we have today. Um, Peter's life completely exemplified human response in the face of difficulty. Um, I've got so many stories about him. The number one was the one that we use today, which was John chapter 18, verse 10. What did he do there? He responded in self-defense through physical means. He used violence. And Jesus warned him, said, another version of that story, I think in Luke, he said, those that do violence, they will die by violence. So violence is a way to respond when we are threatened. We want to fight back. We want to say, no, I'm not going to have that. And so you can look inward. Your own violence might not necessarily be bringing out a sword, God forbid. It might just be verbal violence. It might just be attitude. It can be passive aggressive. And so it lends a lot of lesson for us. So I look at the life. I say, mm, I could see myself in Peter. I could see myself in, in Peter in some circumstances. Now, in also in John chapter 18, down that line, you know, he used distancing and denial from when his hero fell, or when his hero was in trouble. And it means we do that as well. Um, you know, I can cite many examples of this man of God, how he responded. You know, when Jesus was arrested, he denied him three times. Jesus warned he would deny him. That's a human thing. When things are not going right, we, we stand by, we distance ourselves. I'm not part of it. You know, maybe we're doing a life, we're doing a broadcast or whatever, and something is not going right. The natural human tendency is to say, well, it's not me. You should have pressed that button. You didn't press, you should have done that. But as I grow, as you grow, you start knowing that it's not necessary, you know. It's natural. <laughs> you know, it might be the family, you know, and it can be ranging from, Sometimes very absurd, you know. Um, if I put something on on the stove, you know, the gas stove, and um, it burns, um, and I, I can have many excuses I can make and say, my wife, is you were talking to me, that's why I got burned. If you were not talking, to me, I would have been there. You know, we distance ourselves. So that's another lesson. I'm, I'm talking about natural human response. Let me give you one or two more, and then I will round, round it up. Now, in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, man Peter, this great apostle, also showed a natural response that we all have. Remember, our topic series is that developing a winning response. So we're talking about the natural response of human beings. Let's understand that first before we then start 
learning how to respond in the right way that we have to. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, the same man, he responded with discouragement and detachment in time of failure. He said, I'm not doing that business anymore, you know. That was where he's been toiling all night. I didn't catch anything. And many of us, rightly so, it's been too much. Lord, I don't, I don't even care. I don't want it anymore. It's a natural response for us instead of us to keep fighting. And you can go on and on. For the one of the four next one, I'll stop on the next one. Now, also, Peter had, you could say, I've been trying to study this man, Peter. He had something that I call self-importance after a major achievement. In Matthew chapter 16, 13 to 23, Matthew chapter 16, 13 to 23, if I can have verse 22 for everybody to please read. You know, you know, the man has just done something fantastic, you know. He had a revelation that nobody could ever have. You know, everybody were guessing, you know, nobody knew Jesus. And the man said, thou art, this, uh, thou art the Messiah, the son of the living God. Ah, Jesus Christ said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. And so our big, you know, great man of God, you know, he fell into the trap that many of us you know, normally fall into. What did he do? Now we now have our verse 22. Thank you very much. Then Peter took him as I took Jesus as after that revelation in the earlier verses and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. He gets swollen and gets big headed. And so it's another response that we all have. We, we, there's a little bit of this, you know, chip on our shoulder. We, we've just achieved something. So this man responded as human beings will respond. Now, one thing I wanted to learn before I go into the main message is that none of these actually affected his work with Jesus Christ or his relationship with the Lord as long as he kept on on the journey. So go home today, not condemn, but knowing that if Peter could make all these four paths, if he could make all these errors and this tripping here and there, and Jesus still raised him highly among the apostles simply because he kept loving Jesus and kept following him, you also you are in a good place. Amen. So don't go away condemned at all. It's just a normal thing. And Jesus, that's why he said the flesh indeed is weak but the spirit is willing. Or the way it actually said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so let's know that dichotomy, that break, that division between what you actually want to do, as it says in Galatians chapter 5, and what you end up doing. Starting from verse 16, he said that the flesh was against the spirit, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. And in verse 17, he says, for the flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish to do. We stop there. Amen. And so that speaks unto me. We stop at verse 17. And so that speaks to me that we need to not come under condemnation before because natural responses are natural. All right. So what do we now do? Now, a relearning is required so that we do not operate by suppression. You know, I told you before that something within you want to do it, but you suppress it. But we don't operate by suppression, but by expression. And that is why Romans chapter 2, 12, verse 2 is very apt and very important. He said, and do not be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's not me just saying, don't act, don't act. It is me not wanting to act at all because I've been changed to a new nature. And that is why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 comes in. Take Romans 12, 2 away, please, so that they can. So let's take that away. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creature, all things have passed away, and behold, what? All things have become. There's a renewing, there's a changing of our nature. There is a changing of our nature that is required. We can take that away. 
There's a changing of our nature that is required. Hear what he says of Romans 12 verse 2. Don't display that one. He said, don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Amen. By changing. So it is going to be a, a holistic change. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. So, where are we going to put the stake down today? One natural reaction in times like this is to look inward and be unmindful of others. Amen? So, that's the response that we want to look at. So, I've mentioned so many natural responses that we saw in the life of a great man of God. And I told you, even if he had all those natural responses, he was changing. God was molding him. He was becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And at the end of the journey, he's now in heaven with our Lord. So, but we will deal with only one of those many natural responses that we all are likely to manifest in times of crisis like this. That natural response is what? Is to look inward and be unmindful of others. I don't need to preach that to you. It's very common in times like this that everybody tries to look out for their own. And so we need to act in wisdom and not allow the flesh. So what should be the right response? The right response, however, is to look outward and reach out to others. Look outward and reach out. If there's a time in which you need to do that, it is now. Because there is great gain for it. Luke chapter 6 verse 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Acts chapter 20 verse 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus where he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So brethren, there is no time to give like this time. It is more blessed to give than to increase, than to receive. It is the way of increase. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11.24, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. This is the time, and that is a very important verse. I hope I can come back to it because it contains all the small parts or the subsection of our message today. There is one who scatters yet increase. There is one who withholds more than is right. That is an important statement that we we'll probably will refer back to later on. So how should we give? How should we give? Number one, I have three subheadings there. You should give worthily. Worthily. You know, we keep saying, you know, give a worthy offering unto God. Uh, we also must give unto people something that is worthy. You say, nothing against the spirit of giving more than the giving that does not really hurt us or cost us. People can see through that. So you must learn to give something that is substantive, not necessarily in the value, but in what it costs you. Those who receive something unworthy, they can always tell. Of course, you know, God can always tell. Even human beings, we can tell. 
So it is important that we give. You know, Jesus Christ, our Lord, commended a woman. You remember the story in Luke chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. He says, so he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all this out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. The same thing with the King David. He had this guy serving him in 2 Samuel 23, 15 and 16. And David said with longing, that was incredible, these guys. Some of you know the story. He said, oh, that someone will give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men, he didn't ask them to do it. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, I knew David, he knew God too much for that. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. He said, man, you mean, as your commander, I just... I was just longing. I was just reminiscing. I was just, it's just I, I couldn't mean it. And we were just putting up our feet a little bit after the battle. And you mean you risk your life to give me practically? It's your blood that I'm drinking. I'm not going to have it. And that was a man that knew what they gave him. That was ordinary water, but it was a worthy water they gave. Now, how do we give in times like this? Don't think about money alone. Far, far from it. In fact, most of the things we need to give now have to do with things that money cannot buy. We need to give people out of our heart's desire, genuine prayer. When you pray for people, pray with all your heart. You know, many a times, you know, we call those money prayers, we call prayer, please pray for people. I hope you are having that passion for somebody that has got issues that you don't have. I hope you are praying, and when we started calling prayers that affect you, you, just, you are just not even interested. You are too involved in passionately seeking the face of the Lord for somewhere. That is how to give worthily. Because many times we are only looking, when would they call my own case? And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we will fulfill the plan of God for our lives in times like this, we need to relearn the kingdom principle. And that is why those that give like that, they don't fear. Because the Bible tells me also in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he said, perfect love casted out fear. So when you are walking in love, you don't fear anymore. Somehow, 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 you discover that things that bother other people don't bother you. Somehow, God rewires you. He said, perfect love casts out fear. He didn't say fear. When there is fear, there is no love. He said, when love is operating, it's not the other way. It's not commutative. It's not two plus three is equal to five. Three plus two is equal to five. No. It is the love that comes first that will drive away fear. So where there is fear, it most probably, and that's say, he that fear is not perfect in love, he says. So which means, when fear is lingering, maybe I need to start finding somebody to pour love and to give something into their lives. And it's never failed. If we learn to do that, it will never fail. Let your giving be generous. Sometimes let's start to talk about physical things now. You know, I, I, when I was thinking about this, I said, even if you don't have much to give, the little you are giving, give it with a degree of explanation. 
You know, I have to give people, when I really didn't have, I have to give people something small before I have to explain myself. I say, you know what? And many of us, we do it. I'm sure we are very good. Uh, majority of us that have had relationship with, I know we have been very, very, very generous community. But God is saying that we can, we can do more because greater blessings are coming. And so what do we do when you even want to give something that, you know, deep within your heart? And we pray that prayer today. The grace to be able to give according to your heart's desire, you will have it. You know, you, you know, you want to give somebody deep within your heart, you know that this person, as I want to give, should not be, let, let's put money on it. Let me just use money to explain it, okay? Uh, I know this person, I should not give this person less than 500 pounds. And believe you me, 50 is just all I can really afford now. In fact, it's even the struggle to, I've done it before. What I do is that I will go a long explanation and say, and the person feels it and lifts it up unto God. And I said, I, I feel your heart. And prayed over me and I said, next time you will do more. Many of us, you know our daddy Gio, a man that God has blessed tremendously, does not, he could have stood on his own without gospel and, and do fantastically well in life. And, and, you know, he could have succeeded in anything by the help of God because I know he's a man. And I see a few people like that all around the world. Not many. Any endeavor they put them. They just, but they are wise not to go to where God has not called them. Anyway, and, and I've had occasion in which, you know, you know, people have given unto him things that, just as Paul said, I really don't need these things. Um, it's only for your own account. You're giving him things and he will pray the singular prayer. Many of you have, he said, you will do better next year. Not because he needed it. He's only saying that I know your heart. You want to rise to a new level. When we give, let's give worthily. Are you getting the point, my brothers and sisters? And God of heaven and earth will help us in Jesus' name. Okay, I need to dash now. So, number one, we said that in this season, our response should be not to hold back, but to do what? But to give. And when we give, we should do what? We should give worthily. Number two, we should give widely. Wide. Don't limit the spread of your generosity. Pray for your family, both spiritual and biological. Also pray for non-Christians and people in faraway places. Let your giving be wide. Minister to all as much. Do I have capacity? Of course we do if you ask the Lord. Of course we do. A person that sets out to say, Lord, I want to be a financier. I want to be a prayer warrior that will pray somebody that is being held in Maina or Old Burma under, 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 under arrest. Lord, I heard about it. I want to hear the result in about two weeks. And I'm using three days to fast for the person. You'll be shocked how God will use a person if we choose to go that direction. Cast it far and wide. Oh, should you pray for your family? You better do. Should you pray for yourself? You better start from there. But learn to spread it far. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, I read the CEV version. It says, be generous and someday you will be rewarded. Hear what it says. It says, share what you have with seven or eight others because you never know when disaster may strike. So the act of spreading out what we give is very, very biblical. And don't just limit it to your own little circle. Number three, so number one, you do what? You give worthily, something of substance. Don't make people look like beggars. Don't pray. And sometimes when people ask for prayers, even when I'm tired, I feel the compulsion in me. I say, Lord, it's not fair. If the person has asked, yes, let me muster the last energy. Don't. Sometimes, and that's, I'm not even talking of money now, you know. Sometimes you need to listen to somebody just for counseling or for guidance, and you just, just, you're just not up to it. 
So that you muster the last energy you can reschedule, you know, and that is not necessarily on a pastoral, you know, level. We are all pastors. We are all shepherds of one, for one another under the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Finally, how should you give? You should give wisely, wisely. And I'm sure this will answer some questions some of us may have. Pastor, you're asking me to put myself out, but my resources are limited. I know. Pastor, when will I take care of myself? I had you, you know, and so we also need to give wisely. The parable of the ten virgins explains what wise giving is. It was for a reason that the five were called wise. Not just in their preparation, but in not destroying themselves in the process of giving. Hear what the scripture says in Matthew 25 verse 9. He said, but the wise answered saying, those of you that know the story, the five were prepared, five were not prepared. The five that were not prepared, they ran out of oil. They went to the ones that were prepared, and then they asked them to give them oil, but hear their answer. Because we're talking about you giving, but also giving wisely. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. See, there are times, brethren, and I'm talking now primarily to those of us working in the health sector or in the front line. And I think we've made those front line workers mainly, and there are many other people working in the front line, delivery people, drivers, you know, bean men. Uh, but of course, I'm quite aware, those that are treating, those that are ill, you are more exposed. And thank God for the sister that thank people because she's in a care sector as well. Say thank you for praying for us. And believe you me, you need to. I mentioned last week how it's a very tough place our brethren are that are working in the front line. As I mentioned to you, you know, I hear reports from all over, from England, how colleagues, many of them, uh, how many years are we now graduated? You know, 35, 36 years graduates, <laughs> medical graduates. They are practically shaking in their boots because of what they are facing. It's tough outside there, you know? And so we, 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 I need to also ask you to please be very careful and give wisely. Watch yourself. It's a healthy person that can minister unto other people. And I've warned people, family with my finances, but I've warned young families before. You know, you have this demand from abroad. Send this, send that. Somebody's building a house somewhere. Where are you yourself? You can't pay your rent here, and your young family is suffering. You see, those are ways to give wisely. Because, you know, it's very easy to run away with this measure because I know we are people of wisdom and to do it in the wrong way. But where I left it all was concerning those whom God has come to the front line now. The Lord will continue to protect you. Amen. The Lord will continue to shield you, but do all within your power to take enough rest. And I think these are simple things. You are people of wisdom, and I'm talking from everyone, right from, you know, the wherever, working in a care home, working in a hospital, working in a surgery or a clinic or whatever. Please, let's remember that when we are given this time, let us do what? Let us give wisely. Because that's what the Lord asked of us. Take time to rest. Mark 6, 30 to 31. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. They were excited. Were they not? Both what they had done and what they had taught. They were quite excited. And Jesus, our Lord, said to them, Come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going. Sometimes people can get excited. You know, I've been there before. I've been there before as a young you know, uh, graduate, you know, working, and there might be a major accident, you know, and uh, brought a lot of people to the accident emergency. Sometimes in your rush, you may nearly forget to put on your gloves to stop a bleeding because you are so, you are so concerned. 
Thank God, I think the early days of practice, you know, of course, there are always been hepatitis anyway, but the issue of HIV, but it's always been that God just protected us. It's very, and that's what happened to the apostles here. In the excitement, Jesus saw that they want to go on, go on, go. He said, calm down, calm down, calm down, come and rest, come and rest. And so please, let's be careful we don't dive into things that will be counterproductive. You will give, amen? And you will give and you will receive results in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As I said, the response in times like this calls for nothing but what? But that we should not hold back but stretch our hands to give to others. Rise on your feet with me, if you may, wherever you are, and let us pray. Hallelujah. We'll pray quickly through some prayer points here. I want us to first of all thank God for teaching us how to give. John chapter 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave worthily. How did he give? He gave widely. He gave to the whole world. How did he give? In John chapter 3 verse 16, he gave wisely. He made sure that when he gave his son, he made preparation that his son will be raised from the dead and his son will bless many. Jesus told us the kind of giving. He said, it's like a seed planted and it will grow. He said, I will be planted like a seed and I will come back. He said, like Noah, as, as Jonah entered the belly of the fish for three days and came out. So God gave wisely. He didn't, he didn't use Jesus as a bullet. A bullet doesn't return. He used Jesus as an arrow. And that's a difference. So he gave wisely. So let's thank him for the example he's given us in Christ Jesus, who was the most precious of all gifts unto humanity, whom he gave to the whole world. It was a wide one. And thank God he gave wisely as well. Bless his holy name. Magnify him. Thank him for the example. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Amen. You say, Father, please help us and supply all we need to give according to our heart desire according to the largeness of our heart. And give us large, generous hearts, O oh Lord. Uh, uh, please cry out unto him. Lord, I want to serve more. I want to pray better. I want to, you know, I want to give more unto people. But Lord, I need the resource to do it. And the Lord will supply those resources today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless him, give him honor, give him glory, and just pray with thanksgiving in your heart because we know we're going to receive this one. Resources will come unto you. Those of you that you feel pain when you see people that don't have, you just want to give them, you can't give them, your time of change has come. You will give according to your heart's desire because the resources will be supplied to you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. We're also going to pray and say, Father, Guide us to give far and wide, just as we minister to people around us. Let's pray that God will guide you. He will direct you. Sometimes it might just be somebody you need to write an email to. It might be somebody you need to send a text message to. And, it, you know, it might be somebody far. God does that for me a lot. Just don't remind me. Just brought somebody's name to my mind, and I need to quickly respond. Pray that far and wide, God will help us to minister to people in the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Finally, you will say, I receive wisdom. To do what is right, 
in my giving in Jesus' name. I will do what is right. I receive wisdom. I will give wisely. I will give wisely. I will divide to where I have to. I will sow in good ground. I will sow prayers in good ground. I will sow love in good grounds. I will sow words of encouragement in good ground. I will sow my finances and my energy in good grounds. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we receive wisdom of you, O Lord, to do what is right. To do what is right, to do what is right, to do what is right, to do what is right in the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen. Lord, we bless you. We are so, so grateful, Lord, for we are being changed day by day as we behold our Lord Jesus Christ. And so once again, this day, the 10th of May, 2020. Oh Lord our Father, rise up in your power and help each and every one of us to respond in the way of Christ. Not to clamp up, but to have our hearts, arms open, our hearts open, our eyes open, our ears open to hear, to see, to touch, and to feel right from inside the needs around us in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise from us during this season men and women of prayer, men and women who will be sold out unto you. And I know without fail our needs shall be met. You will touch us and turn us around in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We go in your name. We go in your power. And everyone that has come in here with a burden, Lord, as we choose to do things the way you ask us to do, we expect, because your word is true, that you will lift our individual burdens in the name of Jesus Christ. We worship and adore you, Father. To you and you alone shall glory and honor and majesty be forever given. In Jesus' most wonderful name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you. We want to appreciate you for that wonderful message. We want to, we want to appreciate you for <clears throat> this series of developing a winning response in time of crisis. We want to thank you for your son whom you have used graciously these days to be a blessing to us. We return all praise to you, and we return all glory to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is that special time for us to worship the Lord with the substances that he has blessed us with. It is that special time for us to give our tithe, our offering, our donation, whatever the Lord has blessed us with to support the work of God. I want to encourage you wherever you are. The Lord who sees the secret knows how to reward us in open. Prepare your offering. Prepare a bountiful offering to give to the Lord this morning. And the Lord will graciously accept that from you. Uh, the, 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 the instructions are being displayed on the screen at the moment. Um, if you are paying through a bank account, if you pay direct into the church bank account, 
you are encouraged to use your your ID number as your reference uh, for gift aid purposes. And if you are watching us from the live stream, either through the, the, the church website, we encourage you to look out for the red donate button. If you press that button, you'll be able to follow the process through. Uh, if you are watching, you join this service today through the Facebook, we encourage you as well to look out for the blue donate button. Press that and it will take you through the process. And I also want to remind us, if you are using the Facebook, remember to click the, the gift aid um, uh, bus so that we'll be able to get the gift aid back from that. Hallelujah. The Lord Almighty loves a cheerful giver. He's looking for those who will put him to test. He said, put me to test if I will not open the window of heaven and pour upon you the blessings that you will have no room to accommodate. That is the blessing the Lord is promising us. So as we give to the Lord this afternoon, the Lord who rewards our labor of love will reward us greatly in the mighty name of Jesus. So I'll just give you a few minutes to prepare your offering and uh, to go through the process either on Facebook or live stream. But while you are doing that, I just want us to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And I'm going to read from verse 11. This is David talking about giving to God. In verse 11, David says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory. He said, the victory and the majesty. He said, for all that is in heaven. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.